The Florida Panthers found a way to bounce back once again after a mini losing streak. Today on the show, we bring Nick Fairbanks from PantherBarkway.com to discuss this 3 to nothing win over the Ottawa Senators and how the Florida Panthers' point pace looks now compared to last season. And we also talk about the state of the Atlantic Division, what's going on in Charlotte, and so much more on today's episode of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Friday, March 4th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're to your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Ramonda Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show Lockdown NHL on the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So the losing streak is over. The Florida Panthers are victorious once again after defeating the Ottawa Senators by a final score of three to nothing in Sunrise, Florida. And here to talk about this game uh, for the Florida Panthers is my my buddy, uh, Nick Fairbanks from pantherbarkway.com. And as we discussed on the show, we'll be having themes on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Wednesdays is Winans Wednesday, and for Fridays, this is the debut of Fairbanks Fridays. So, Nick, thank you for coming on, and thank you for uh, saying yes to doing this, man. No problem. Uh, just sorry that we're a week late. Uh, I do appreciate you understanding about that, and uh, you know, can't wait to move forward with it. Absolutely, man, and and thank you once again for uh, definitely uh, doing this. So, let's uh, let's start with uh, this. Uh, not only this game, but let's talk a little bit about where we were coming into to this one. Of course, four days off, three-game losing streak at home, something that was really unheard of for the Florida Panthers, really, this whole season. You, you go from only losing three games at home all season, and then you get three losses in a row, just like that. Um, and I was calculating, man. Right before this game, the point pace that the Florida Panthers were at, coming into this game, they were at a 116-point pace. Last year, though it was a 56-game season, their pace would have been 115. So the losing streak that was that the Florida Panthers had, and then, of course, snapping it against the Ottawa Senators, it, it, it just seems to continue that trend of what the Florida Panthers have been able to do these last two seasons under the new management of Bill Zito. I know Coach Q is not here, but it's crazy to see how this Panthers team, when they go in lumps, they never last long. No, and um, you can't say that about previous seasons or uh, even under previous management. Um, the fact that the consistency was never there. I mean, probably the only thing that was consistent on a night-in, night-out basis was um, you know, you didn't know if you're going to go in with a win or not, or, um, you know, if you're going to string together a couple wins, if anything, a lot of Panther fans out there, um, were used to actually having losing streaks. 
So uh, the fact is that over the last two seasons, and I'll even mark on three seasons, um, that it's been more of a consistent thing where they're putting wins together. They're not losing as much. And, you know, um, the one point I do want to bring up is the fact that they're losing now and not in sometime in April, late April or May is a good thing. I think this uh, this time of adversity is good for the team to show like, hey, it's not going to be as easy as it has been all season. I mean, because come on, they were blowing doors off of teams. Um, but it's good to have some adversity to kind of show the character of the team. And um, I think they responded pretty well tonight. Yeah. And the fact that this came on mostly secondary scoring, the two power play goals that they had came from their second unit. Lomberg gets an even strength goal in this one. Only the fourth time where the, where Alexander Barkov and Jonathan Huberto play in the same game that they both go without a point. Mm-hmm. In years past, the Florida Panthers would have found ways to lose games like this. 100%. Um, what happens is is you become too reliant on your stars. And, you know, it, it, it happens. I mean, um, you have to have your best players be their best players game in and game out. But there are going to be some games where there's going to be a stretch of games where they're not. Um, I mean, you know, I may be the only one or, you know, I may be one of few, but that thought Huberto had kind of a rough night tonight. Um, he had a few uh, turnovers that led to some uh, chances uh, shorthanded. And then it just seemed like Barkoff was, you know, himself, um, but just couldn't get the puck to go in. But um, this is the type of game where they were fighting some demons. I felt like, you know, they're coming on in off a three-game losing streak. Um, the puck wasn't going in. They were getting goalied by Anton Forsberg, which played phenomenal tonight. So hats off to him. Um, but, you know, the shots just weren't going in, but they were getting some dirty, greasy goals. And those are the type of goals you're going to be looking forward to in the playoffs. So I think this was a good um, measuring stick for them and to kind of understand what it's going to take to win uh, going forward. And regardless of the opponent, opponent, regardless of record, it's a, it's a good test that when games are this close going into the third period. And I, I do want to say this publicly for everyone listening. We spoke about this pre-recording that we're going to discuss this. But going into this game in our chat, I said, I don't know why I'm so nervous about this game. <laughs> and then once the Florida Panthers went up 3-0, of course, I had a little bit of time to process between the first two periods on how they were dominating possession. After that goal, I said, this game was never in doubt. And then you you quote, you quote quoted my uh, statement before the... <laughs> the game started saying tell that to your face i'm like okay you, you got you got me there you got me there so but it but it's so e- it's so easy it's so easy based on the past few years to get so nervous about a game like this um that the previous three games they lose to not starting not starters in 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 net for the other team and then, of course, uh, Ottawa is the main. Um, Forsberg is the main starter for uh, Ottawa, and even Matt Murray has had a great month of February. It's just the Ottawa Senators just haven't been able to score. This is their third shutout in the last calendar month. The, the mm-hmm. third time they've been shut out in the last calendar month. But man, th- this is just this is this is just a just a character. If I had to put a word for a win like this. I think you could call this a character win for this team because it's easy to can can whenever you're 
continuing to put the amount of shots on goal like they did in the previous three games, it's mm-hmm. so easy to get discouraged and say, these shots aren't going in. We're not going to continue trying. But the character that this Florida Panthers team has from the top down to their to their core three, to the to the bottom six as well, which is of course where the scoring came. The best word I could say is character. Do you have do you have a specific word that you would like to use for a win like this? Uh gritty. Um gritty. it was gritty from from the start. Um and you you know you said it, uh, it's character because from the start of the game, I mean Brady to Chuck was just running around. You know, nobody was like kind of keeping him in check until uh, Lomberg had to kind of, you know, straighten him out a little bit. But um, and then the game kind of got chippier as it went on, um, even when he went to go uh, cross check um, Hornquist towards the end of the game. But um, right there, it's just you have to play um, a certain way with certain teams. And Ottawa is definitely a more physical team. And that's how they try to intimidate. And uh, that's how they try to score goals. But they never really had any offensive time in their in the offensive zone. So the Panthers were doing very well with that. And um, I know the analytics people are going to love this. I mean, just with all the shots that the Panthers have put on over the last couple of games, if you look at every single game, they, sh- they were expected to win or have expected goals in all of those games. And um, tonight was just another one of those and it went their way. So um you love to see the team react the way they did, uh, especially when Ekblad got hit and then uh, when Hornquist got hit. And then, you know, uh, I think uh, former Panther Josh Brown uh, tried to take out Lomberg and uh, that didn't end too well for him. But um, still love you, Josh. But uh, other than that, uh, you can't play. You can't mess with a Lamborghini. Absolutely not. And he also got on the scoreboard tonight. And <laughs> David Dork had a question to Ryan Lomberg about the Lo- Ryan Lomberg hat trick, which is a goal, a fight. And a hair flip. So great question <laughs> by David Dork after the game asking that one. So we're going to discuss more on the time on ice, how it was so skewed towards different type of numbers based on the amount of penalties the auto senators had in this game. And of course, we're going to talk more about the experience versus the inexperience as well on in the next segment of Locked on Panthers. But first, we're going to tell you all about Built Bar. And this is the time of year where I've pretty, pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the best first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony, churro, Coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your favorite. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bar with these. These are better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. Compare that to a candy bar that has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and a dozen of net carbs. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first. Then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your next listen of the day, check out the Lockdown Now podcast. It's nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. 
So back on the Friday, March 4th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks from Panther Parkway here on this Fairbanks Friday on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But for people who didn't watch the game, they're going to see 17 of 17 saves for Sergei Bobrovsky. But no way in hell does that tell the whole story because the Ottawa Senators, they got shut out, sure. But the amount of shorthanded opportunities that the Florida Panthers were giving them against any other team, Nick, after that, so many chances, likely one is going to go in and the Florida Panthers could have been in, in trouble against any other team. So when that was happening, I first thought I thought about is what if we were playing Tampa Bay? What if we were playing Carolina? <laughs> sure. What if we were playing Boston? And sure enough, the fourth team is the Toronto Maple Leafs. We can't have that happen. They need to clean it up. And the power play is still of a concern right now. Um, it seems like the first unit doesn't move around a lot. They're just content with passing the puck around and not shooting as much or just getting that one time around the side. Uh, whereas the second unit, you know, as we kind of, you know, mentioned, you know, they got it done tonight. You know, they scored twice um, and it was, there were two uh, greasy goals. So um, and then on uh, Bobrovsky, um, I was going to be really irritated if he didn't get the shutout tonight because outside of those shorthanded chances, there was really no danger to him uh, even, you know, not getting a shutout tonight. So I'm very happy for him, but um, definitely some things that the Florida Panthers need to clean up on. Absolutely. And I'm looking at the total penalty infraction minutes for the Senators and the Panthers. The Senators had 55 while the Panthers had 23. And I guess, of course, let's, I'm going to break this down into two parts. One of them has to do with inexperience versus experience out of position, hips not lined up, which is causing some of the hooks, some of the trips, some of the cross check. And the other one, is when it comes to the misconduct penalties, a lack of mm -hmm. discipline. I think that the Ottawa Senators had four players who had misconducts um, towards the end of the game. And of course, when you're losing the way you're losing, and and of course, in a rebuild that Ottawa is in, it, it it's not just a this game for Ottawa. This is things that can kind of brew. Like I said at the beginning, this is their third time in the last calendar month that they've been shut out. So let's talk a little bit about the inexperience. This, this is the third youngest team in the NHL. I mean, the second is New York Rangers, and look at the season they're having. But <laughs> it, talk about let's talk about a little bit of the inexperience and versus the experience for the Panthers. And the Panthers, they really took advantage of, of their lack of experience and and they were the most more composed team. Definitely. And uh, you can see that from the get go. Um, I think there was a lot of things that um, the refs let go in the first uh, probably 10 minutes of the game. Um, try to let them play. But at the same time, you know, the, you got to keep a handle on the game. And uh, eventually, you know, they, they kind of did. But um, I, I felt like at the end of the game, that's when everything kind of broke loose. But uh, the inexperience on a hockey team is one of those things where you live and you learn. Um, and in order to get respect, you have to give respect. Um, I felt there was a couple times that um, the Ottawa coach was yelling at the referees for probably no reason or even that challenge that they made on the first Marchment goal 
that probably shouldn't have been called for uh, a challenge at all because there was no issue with it. And yet he was yelling at the rest because uh, they, you know, Marchman supposedly interfered with the goaltender when he was pushed in. So um, I think it has a lot to do with coaching um, and setting your team up for success and getting them ready to play. Um, you mentioned the New York Rangers. I mean, they're young too, but look who they have behind the bench. They have Gerard Gallant. The guy knows how to get the best out of players. He knows how to stay composed when he needs to, and he knows when to get emotional, and he expects the same out of his players. So um, I think Ottawa is just in the midst right now where they're trying to find their identity, and it's going to take a while. But, you know, at the same time, you know, you have to have a coach that's also going to be able to guide them that way too. And here's the thing. They're, they're, he's yelling at the refs who aren't making the initial call the the, the replay center um in, in uh, I believe it's Secaucus, New Jersey if I'm not mistaken um they they're making the call and I, I I get it it's more it's more frustration it's not necessarily mad at those specific refs but that just it just comes down to be it it like I said composure comes from the coach if you're like and I see it in high school games all the time in middle school games. I've had I've had games at the end where the coaches are trying to blame the refs after a loss and then their kids start yelling. And I'm just thinking to myself, you're setting a really good example, but I but I can't I can't say it. I'm not allowed to say that out loud after a game mm-hmm. because of course I can get in trouble. But I'm thinking that at the time, and I'm sure referees at the NHL level are thinking that as well. So it, it starts; it's it really starts from from really the coach. And I'm glad I'm really glad you uh, made that point. But let let's let's talk a little bit about we we talked a little, little bit about the experience and the composure. Now let's talk a little bit of the wacky ice time that the Florida Panthers <laughs> had due to the amount of. Power play opportunities, which was a total of nine. I mean, it all started with that double major, the challenge that led to the five on three as continuing part of that um, double minor. But let's let's take a look. Um, and I'm screen sharing for the people watching on YouTube. Look look at this. John and Huberto, 11 minutes and 14 seconds on just the power play alone. Uh, 22 minutes. And they were talking about how Radko Gudis what most of the first period he wasn't really on the bench he spent like four minutes of of total ice time really in the in the first period and just and the fact that the fact that this third and fourth the the fourth line got got one one in the second power play unit got one in after really struggling just really goes to show and look anton lindell on shorthanded even though they a, a few um, shorthanded opportunities. He's leading the way continue, continuously. Your boy is leading uh, the forwards in time on ice, shorthanded, and just this was this was a game all about this was this was a game all about the special teams, man. We we got to give the special teams a lot of credit. I know they went two for nine, but those amount of opportunities they were bound to go in. You you keep attacking Forsberg. Forsberg is going to get tired enough that you're going to let one in and you mentioned it greasy goals. You keep, you keep attacking right in front of the net and eventually they, they go in. And let's talk a little bit also about Andrew Burnett trying to mix um, Barkoff and Ekblad at the point. what do you think about the mixing and matching of uh, Barkoff and Ekblad at the point? 
So two things about it is, I mean, I want to go back to an experience thing. So taking all those penalties, um, once you take those penalties and you're putting your team behind, and I think after the first period, I think Ottawa was pretty gassed uh, with how many penalties they took and how long they were on the uh, penalty kill. Uh, one thing I will mention is that I saw Mackenzie Weger was under a minute on the power play, which was surprising to me because I have, I had a feeling that, you know, they were trying to mix things up as well up, uh, up on the defensive side, which probably then alludes to uh, Ekblad and Barkov playing the point. Um, I like the change. I think they're going to have to play more with it. Um, I think they're going to be successful if they get Ekblad down on the um, face-off circle a little bit more instead of the point, let Barkov run point and get it down to Ekblad. Um, and it's it, Ekblad is such an accurate shot that it will be lethal, and I think it will provide dividends to it. Uh, plus, it gives Uberto on the other side of the ice another option to pass to instead of just bark off all the time. He can uh, end up going down low, throwing it on net, or he can go across to Ekblad uh, for a one-timer. Um, so I can't wait to see what they're going to do within the next game or two. Yeah, and those amount of opportunities gives you a chance to experiment, which, you know, you're not going to get nine power play opportunities every single game. But, hey, I, I mean, power play has been a struggle in, in a way, but this is i i believe the broadcast I, I i could be mistaken i think the broadcast said that this is their first game this season that they've had two straight games with the power play goal thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up on me if 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 that was if that was accurate i'm like wait what so are we talking are we talking about the first unit or the second unit or just overall that florida's had power play goals in back-to-back games i i i think i think i think they spoke overall i'm gonna have to I'm, I'm gonna have to rewatch it. Thankfully, ESPN okay. Plus allows me to watch it on demand, so I'm gonna have to go back and find where where they said that. They said back to back games of something related to the power play. So, okay. I mean, I mean, still, when your power play has been, let's call it what it is, average this season, and you get a little bit of momentum, especially having two power play goal goals last last game against Edmonton, um, and carrying it over and all all the opportunities they had to win previously it, it's a good night for the florida panthers and it's a and it's just a way to kind of be a little at ease really when when this team just snaps a losing streak and just say everything is fine nothing to freak out and it's just it's just with this team they just find ways and like we said in the last segment they continue to show their character and um let, let let's let's talk a little bit about the shot and goal advantage 48 to 17 continuing that continuing to um dominate pose- possession um giveaway. i think it was 24 to 3 after the first period 24 it was 25 to 7 after mm, the first okay. period uh, 38 38 to 10 37 to 10, excuse me, after the second. Um, and and 48 to 7 after the the third. So giveaways, uh the Florida Panthers did give it away a little bit more. Uh mm-hmm. and Ottawa did have a few takeaways, but the Florida Panthers also won the face-off circle. Something that I've been seeing a little bit more lately that the Florida Panthers have won more face-offs as of late, even in their even in some of their losses, they've been uh better in that. So there there's there's little bits of improvement here and there that we're seeing. So I'm I and it's happening now. We're a few weeks from the trade deadline. We're exactly well when the when this recording drops, we'll be 17 days away from the 
trade deadline. So the Florida Panthers, I think they're going to be okay. I, I believe so too. Uh, there's little things in their game they need to definitely clean up still. And luckily they have enough time to do it, which is why I said, I'm okay with them having the streak that they've had for the last week to 10 days. Um, I am a little worried about certain individuals right now, just because it seems like they're in a funk that is lasting longer than, you know, what we're used to. Um, one of the players is probably Carter Verhage, who I felt like yes. had a rough night tonight. He had a couple penalties. Um, and I think he's really going through the motions right now. Um, but other than that, I mean, this, this streak did, could not have come at a more perfect time. I think right now, um, now it's up to Bill Zito, um, what he wants to do, whether he wants to add a defenseman or two, or if he wants to go and try and add that top winger for Alexander Barkov to go through the playoffs. Now I said it on, on Twitter yesterday, I'm all in. If it is available and you can go get somebody like Claude Giroux and you can go get a defenseman like Chikrin or, um, uh, Giordano, you do it. This is your window. You don't know what's going to happen after this season, um, especially with the coaching staff. Um, you have no idea what's going to happen. So you put all your chips on the table, basically, and you see what plays out. And I, I hope he does it. It's going to be an exciting time, and definitely, uh, I, I we'll, and we'll have you definitely back to discuss more about what what possibly Bill Zito can do. And something that uh, Bill Zito told Emily Kaplan of ESPN, um, he told her, um, she mentioned it on the In the Crease podcast, is that Bill Zito has been trying to make a trade all year, but teams have been a little uh, nervous to try to make one. So maybe that's a maybe that's a negotiating tactic, trying to get that out publicly. So maybe, who knows? So they're, they, they're not going to show their hand, but... You know, they're just trying to maybe put some intimidation out there. But we're going to transition to the next segment. We're going to talk more about um, the state of the division. We'll talk a little bit about Spencer Knight, what's been going on down in Charlotte. And we'll talk a little bit more about all that on the next segment here on Locked On Panthers. But first, let me tell you all about bet online football season might be over this season but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs betonline remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing and ufc odds right to the Olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action betonline where the game starts. Third and final segment here on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. I'm Armando Velez. I got Nick Fairbanks from Panther Parkway here uh, to discuss this three to nothing uh, win against the Ottawa Senators. So, Nick, Bobrovsky gets a shutout, 17 of 17. The night before, uh, the Charlotte Checkers visit the Hershey Bears, and Spencer Knight goes 44 of 44 uh, for the Checkers. And it's just great to see that the goaltending, as far as Spencer's development, is starting to come together a little bit. We love to see this at the NHL level. Bobrovsky, he's, he, I think he's like eight wins away from setting the franchise record for, for wins in Florida Panthers history, even though goalie wins can be a little bit of a flawed stat. <laughs> but... Great to see that this is going on on back-to-back nights, that these this 1A and 1B 
even because let's be real, Johansson doesn't have a future in Florida, but great that the one A and one B are are performing at the levels that they're performing. It's that word again, consistency. Um, the fact that both goaltenders could put up, you know, stats like that, especially Spencer in the night before where he puts up 44 out of 44 and actually made some really high right, highlight real saves just goes to show that, you know, maybe he's starting to uh, figure things out a little bit more. He's not, you know, putting as much pressure on himself. Um, he's not fighting the puck anymore. Um, and maybe he's really trying to find his game again. So it's, uh, it's very helpful. It's very, you know, good to see. Um, it really, you know, begs the question whether if it's better for Spencer's development, whether he stays down in Charlotte and Florida makes a move for a backup goaltender for the rest mm. of the season. Is it is it better in the long run for him or do we run the risk of putting him and Bob to go into the playoffs? I think that I, I, I think he'll be back. My gut tells me he'll be back. After, I know the playoffs last year was only his fifth and sixth game ever played in the NHL level after getting four regular season games last year. But just seeing what he did in game five, and I was listening to The Athletic today, oh and the Jesse Granger and Sean McIndoe were talking about how whenever goalies go on a hot streak, a lot of people freak out saying that they've lost it. People don't say that about wingers or or centers for for but people like to say that about goalies. And I I just felt like this whole time Spencer Knight was always going to be fine and that after seeing how quickly not quickly, but how slowly he's been able to better his game in Charlotte. You're taking advantage of him being on an ELC. Johansson is likely going to be placed on waivers before the trade deadline. Um, they have a back-to-back. I doubt you put Bob there. So chances are we might see him and he might stay up here. Maybe one more trip down there. Who knows? We don't, we don't know what that's going to look like. But if you see a good start from Spencer... I think right off the right off the gate, I think I think he's staying the rest of the season, and I think that, of course, if Bob doesn't have a good performance in the playoffs, you've seen it before. We can absolutely mm-hmm. see it again that Spencer Knight gets put in. Definitely, and if that comes to be where he does come back up to the team, and he's able to make his mark, and he's able to you know solidify that um backup goaltending uh spot then i think they'll be okay um the one thing you mentioned has me a little concerned um and i've mentioned this on a previous recording that if the panthers have to go to a backup goaltender or let's just say they pick up another goaltender at the trade deadline and they go to a third goaltender in the playoffs they're not winning a series i agree they they need to stick with one and right now, I think this season that Bob is having has really built up his confidence. And it's also shown that the defense can um, play with him and also play to his style. Um, so it's going to be tough because I want to see 
Spencer in the biggest games possible, but I'm also a Bobrovsky fan, and I want to see him accomplish something that he set out to do when he signed here. Um, it's not often that you see a player come down here to South Florida and sign a max contract at all. And, you know, you just you want to be able to get the value out of that contract. And I know a lot of people have been down about Bob since he got here and everything. But, you know, it took some time for him to really find his place and to really get mentally there. Um, you know, he's had to get off of social media to really get to where he is today. And, you know, hats off to him. And, you know, hopefully he can carry us to the promised land. And if he does, you won't hear $10 million cap hit complaints ever again. Everyone, $10 million worth it. Yeah. Every they'll, dollar. They'll, they'll be, the, that will be, that conversation will come to an end at, for, for sure. And that's what's going to be hanging over him as long as the Florida Panthers don't make long playoff runs. But before we get out of here, I also want to talk a little bit about yesterday's checkers game of who was in attendance a, f- a few philadelphia flyers scouts were in attendance to to see the checkers game against the hershey bears and i think they might have been um scouting owen tippett uh who now has seven points in six games uh for the charlotte checkers got an empty net goal uh yesterday so i mean a goal is a goal and and that's a point that's a point towards his uh production so we'll take it we'll take it so I don't know if they get Drew, but the the Flyers scouts being in attendance kind of gives me, kind of makes me question and kind of makes, not question, make, more makes me wonder of if it's going to happen. What ha- What if the Flyers GM is the one that's afraid to make the move? And that was Zito kind of calling him out a little bit saying, hey, let's do this. Like, let's, you already know where your team's going this season. Let's not lose Giroux for nothing. I got a guy right here who's producing right now and ready and available for your team. Um, It's very, this is always the time to always watch to see who's at games. One thing that was not presented in today's game um, at the Panthers game, Steve Yeiserman was in attendance. Yes. There has been a little bit of smoke um, surrounding Florida and Detroit. Now, I don't know what they're looking at because between you and me, there's nothing on the defensive side besides Mo Sider on that defense that I want. Now, if it's a switch between Owen Tippett and maybe one of their forwards, like a Philip Zadina, who they're trying to get going right now, it might be good for both players to get a uh, you know uh, you know a new look at things. But never count out Stevie Y because he's been quiet right now, and I'm I'm interested to see if he was actually scouting Florida or if he was scouting Ottawa tonight to make his team a little bit better and i'm looking at the red Wings schedule right now (laughs) and their first end of a back-to-back is friday in tampa so he's going from sunrise to emily arena back to sunrise in just a matter of days so yes i think he is heavily scouting florida um hmm. i think he's honestly i do think he is looking at somebody um, and I will be in attendance for date night on Saturday night. Hopefully the Panthers can pull it out um, convincingly, but um, keep an eye on the Red Wings, guys. Um, I, I would not be surprised to see that there's a, a deal swung around um, a forward or two. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
and it's got hopefully it's a very calm time for you and your wife uh as uh <laughs> your wife is a red for those listening um Nick's wife is a Red Wings fan, so division rival being in the being at the game together. I, I hope you have fun, first of all. Oh, we will until the third period. Until the third period, okay. <laughs> but let, let, let me know how that let me know how that goes, man. <laughs> but for that, that's gonna be fun. But for 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 everyone listening, you can follow Nick Fairbanks at Prudentia Zero. You can follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. And um, a good win for the Florida Panthers. Um, one more game on the homestand before they take a quick two game tri- trip up in the Northeast in Pittsburgh and Buffalo before returning for one against Philadelphia. And then it's on to the West Coast. So, Nick, thank you once again for joining me on this debut episode of Fairbanks Friday on the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And can't wait to do this next week, man. Anytime. And thank you again for having me on. Look forward to having uh, to being on again next week. Thank, thanks so much, man. And if you like what you're hearing, Please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark where they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure to listen to today's episode of Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Nick Fairbanks. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're your team every day. <laughs>